Okay, so this is the maiden voyage of the Frank and Fred show. The Blue Line Brothers. Frank and Fred. I'm Frank. I'm Fred. We both have faces for radio, so we'll get this thing going the right way. And here we are. Well, welcome to the the uh, channel. We uh, <clears throat> we uh, want to get this channel started by providing a little bit of uh, enlightenment, if you will, uh, along with a modicum of cheap entertainment, of course. But being a couple of cops, um, I'll go ahead and admit it, a couple of knuckle-draggers. Door-kickers. Uh, Door-kickers, uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, we've got, uh, got a few years of experience and uh, a few war stories that might be entertaining, but <clears throat> the whole thing is, uh, with all this negativity going on with law enforcement these days, we figured that we'd uh, provide some positivity for a change. Uh, we both love our our profession and and uh, we spend a lot of time attempting to perfect our skills and do a better job so we figured we've learned a lot of lessons along the way and maybe we might be able to pass along a few uh, that might come in handy for anybody whether you're a police officer or military you could be a law clerk or a, a doctor or what have you so uh, and and it's another way of having an unbiased access to somebody who will pull the curtain back and reveal the behind the scenes stuff. I think that might get a little interesting for people. Uh, learning a little bit about the internal politics that 99% <laughs> of the time, nobody outside of the agency knows about. So yes. Uh, and of course you have to realize we're a couple of knuckle draggers that, um, well, after being laid off and suffering pay freezes and things like that we don't have a uh, retirement to protect or uh, a lavish uh, um, <laughs> set of benefits or anything like that that we uh, might risk in losing so yeah we're a couple guys that might just uh, tell the truth you know about uh, oh some no of that. not the truth yeah yeah you might be surprised yeah there might just be something there that well like i said provides a, a little bit of cheap entertainment but uh yeah, um, it might be interesting to stay tuned. Yeah, you might get a good laugh, and uh, you might get some information you might be able to pass on to your friends and family. And and just uh, put this out, no, we won't fix your speeding tickets. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, I, I think we've burned enough bridges over the years. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there, will be, there will be no fixing of tickets. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there, uh, there will be no... Um, reversal of charges or um or anything like that and no we will not request any type of funding to do so <laughs> no <laughs> uh yeah it's 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 a mixture of viable information with entertainment and it's not all focused on the badge it's the mindset that you can use in any field that you're employed in. You know, you could be working on Wall Street and may find that some information that we put out is going to help you advance yourself in your chosen profession. Um, it, it, we're going to touch on everything from 
the temperature of today's society, uh, what's going on uh, in the world, what's going on with our government, what's going on, you know, city, county, and state, and federal. Um, but there's also, there'll be an opportunity that if you guys have questions, you can reach out to us and, and we'll do our best to address those questions and, and answer. Now, keep in mind, our answers are not always 100% correct. Uh, oh, well, no. yes, yes. We, we will not provide any legal information or advice or anything like that. So this is strictly for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> yes. We have to remember that. We are nothing more than knuckle-dragger comedians here <clears throat> uh, uh, trying to provide a share a, a, a few uh, lessons in life, so to speak. But, yes, uh, Frank is absolutely right. We're, gonna, we're going to strive to achieve something called a superior mindset. And... Uh, uh, especially those uh, within the military, those within uh, first responder fields. Um, we, a lot of us refer to the, uh, the warrior spirit. Uh, and out of deep, deep, deep respect for those who have been through far worse than, than we've been through, uh, I will never admit to you know, being a warrior or anything like that, but I am one to uh, strive to achieve that goal one day in my life. So uh, very much akin to the superior mindset. I, I do not have a superior mind, um, but I strive for that uh, mindset. And it, it's um, a thought process. It's, it's how we approach things, how we approach challenges in life. And uh, it, it, well, we'll get into it. We're going to get into things like uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War and, and, and all those tenets and everything that they've uh, uh, provided in those glorious 13 chapters uh, of, of strategy. Uh, probably the best uh, composition of strategy ever written, in my opinion, anyway. But uh, we're going to start breaking that stuff down. Um, we're also going to expand the channel a little bit. I know we both have a few uh, guests that we're thinking about bringing on, some subject mm -hmm. matter experts and guys and gals that have actually been there and done that. And that's the other aspect to this. You know, we, we want to get... Uh, you know, we're going to purvey the, the attitudes and the lessons learned from people that have actually done things in life. Uh, yes, we'll touch on theory and, and stuff like that, but once again, if you have a, a body of knowledge and you have a, a challenge in front of you and you don't know how to apply that knowledge, well, you know, you're sunk. So that's the whole idea is that we're going to focus on some applicability of uh, some uh, life's lessons and... and uh, stuff like that. And like I said, you know, we got a few war stories that might be uh, just a tad bit humorous. Um, you know, and, and of course, you also have to realize, I might as well just say it right now because it's going to come out, you know, in this day and age with, with uh, the way, you know, um, generations think and everything like that, you know, we, we came into to police work um, decades ago. All right, so just as fair warning, uh, <laughs> there, there are some things and stories and situations of which we experienced that, well, we handled in, in certain ways because we obviously had to handle them in certain ways. So life is not always pretty, I guess is a good way to put it. Well, there is a, this anomaly that <clears throat> there's a always a year-round sheet of ice that's relatively close. Yeah. Now, Frank. Yeah. Now you're starting to bring in some 
some some trade secrets here. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're we're starting off early. It sounds like so. Yeah, we we might uh, <laughs> we yeah yeah we're 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 going to um, yes 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 yeah we're. Um, <clears throat> Let's just say plausible deniability is a phrase that I, might. Pop I was just up here. I was just yeah. merely talking about a um, meteor uh, meteor shit. A weather anomaly. Effect. Yeah, That's yeah, it. anomalies. That's right, anomalies all over the place. We have anomalies. Yes, and right when you least expect it, poof, there it, it pops up. There's the anomaly. Or the wet grass. The wet grass. Yes, yes. So. Those of us um, out there that, that, that might know us, recognize our voices, uh, already know some stories, obviously. But, um, and, of course, uh, Frank and Fred, they're, they're not our real names, but uh, there's some um, uh, reason why we have those names that actually developed, um, well, quite honestly, by accident. That's you a know. story in a, of itself. Yes, yes, yes. That's Those are some entertaining <laughs> stories coming up uh, on the um, the Blue Line Brothers uh, podcast. But uh, Now, at the same time, too, I, I, I do want to say that we're also going to get into some controversial stuff. Well, obviously, this is, you know, law enforcement, first responder stuff. So we're going to have some controversial topics that we're going to broach. But the whole thing is... Uh, we're not just going to, you know, we're not apologists for for law enforcement. Okay, there, uh, th this we we both have, um, uh, as so many before us have, have sacrificed a great deal to make things better uh, in society, make things better for our profession, and we're also going to get into some of those things as we mentioned earlier, some of the political aspects that don't make our profession uh, the best that it can be. So. You know, we're going to touch on some topics. You know, we let's just say we might offer some uh, constructive criticism, if you will. Uh, oh yeah, and that's what this this profession needs. It needs some internal criticism, whether it's professional or not. It needs criticism because with criticism comes change. Hopefully, it, yes, improvement. And yeah, a lot of people are. They're scared because they have a lot of things to lose. Pensions, retirements, you know, all of that. They don't want to rock the boat. They grew up in it a certain way, so why do they want to change it now? And it perpetuates that 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 mindset of this is how it is, this is how it was, this is how it's gonna be. And everybody ends up getting screwed out of the deal. But not here. No, 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 not here. You're gonna get the, the, the ugly juicy truth. <laughs> oh yes, the ugly juicy truth. Now, what we'll do real quick. Uh, once again, we're gonna have to, to stay a bit broad. But uh, Frank, give us a little bit about your background as far as uh, how you came into police work, what you've done, and well, obviously we're not gonna mention names as far as agencies or anything like that. But um, let me see. I was I was in the military for 11 years, um, and then I got out of that, and then I got into police work, and I've been in that for nine nine years. Right now, working on uh, a very um, a very good agency 
that I work for now, and um, I couldn't ask for a better one. Um, it's uh, it, it's something that I've always wanted to do, and if I hadn't gone in the military, I'd have, I'd have went straight into this. Um, but I, I will tell you, I, I'm glad I came into it later in life. Because now I have something that a lot of people don't have. And a little bit of common sense. That's not quite so common anymore, is it? No. And you take common sense mixed with a good agency, you're, you're really setting yourself up for, you know, great things. Um, I, uh, I've been fortunate enough to um, work with a lot of really good guys. And a few that were not so good, but um, it, it it takes one thing that you'll hear a lot. Every job you have to have a passion for, but nothing has ever been truer in in this profession. If you don't have a, a passion for it or a drive for it, then guess what? You're not going to make it you're going to get tired of it and you're going to move on to, to do something else or you're not going to care and you're going to end up putting yourself in a bad spot along with everybody around you. Um, I, I could see myself doing this until I probably can't do it anymore physically. It only becomes a part of you too. That's the yeah. other thing. I mean, it literally becomes a part of you. Now, what did you do in the military? I was in the infantry. I was the original knuckle dragger. Well, see, even more experience. <laughs> <clears throat> That's even better. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, <clears throat> I was the eleven Bravo uh, infantry bullet catcher, whatever you want to call it, um, and I was straight leg for the whole eleven years, and I. I hated every damn day of it, but I couldn't see myself doing any other job. It was great. I loved it. I got to go places, see things, do things that normal people my age wouldn't even fathom doing. And um, it that experience has come into play on several occasions in in this field right here. Um, whether it be mentally, physically, or tactfully, it, it's it's come into play. So, um, I my my last. On my first duty station, I was in a straight, uh, straight leg unit. Uh, we were deployable, uh, quick reactionary force out of Port Ord. Um, it's not around anymore. It used to be called the Seventh Infantry Division. I was in the Ninth Regiment. Um, and my last duty station, I was uh, in the Third United States Infantry, the Old Guard. I did military funerals in Arlington Cemetery. Um, in and out of the White House, uh, the Capitol building, uh, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, and that, 
once again kind of opened my eyes to some of the things that we'll talk about further on down the line. Uh, First-hand experience in the Beltway. <laughs> Inside the Beltway, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, it, 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 I, I like to... I like to say that the military was the greatest time that I hated. And I hated every damn day of it. I hated getting up, going to work, but I loved it at the same time. Now, much akin to, to police departments and police work and, and how we do things, um, <clears throat> th things change a lot within the service, right? Yeah. I mean, as far as time periods and everything. So how would you compare what what you dealt with as far as training and, and prep since you were a part of the quick reactionary force and stuff like that compared to today's uh, infantry <clears throat> units? Well, today's infantry unit is not... Uh, my my personal opinion, it's, it's not a real infantry unit. It's not a real infantry at all. I mean, you have now, and I'm sure we're going to get some hate on this one. So here it comes. You have women in the infantry now, which that's a whole nother can of worms that I really don't want to open up right now. But um, when I when I first went in, it was all male, from the upper echelon all the way down to you know your your lowest private and we we practiced we trained for a particular job and that was to make people unalive that was our job and <clears throat> it was not a kinder kindler gentler infantry like it is now um you know we we were rude. We crude. I, I mean, that's all we did. We would just drink and fight and buy guns. That's all we did. Um, and when we were on um, QRF-1, for example, we literally had 30 minutes from the time that we got to call to be back, bag and baggage, on the tarmac, ready to go. Um, from what I understand now, most high-speed deployable units like that are mostly male, and that says a lot. Um, the military of today is not the military that I went into. It's... I like to call it the pussification of society. Well, we can just narrow that down to just call it the pussification of the military. Um, you know, everybody has to be equal and everybody has to, well, why can't I do that job? I can do it just as well as he can. No, you can't. It's proven fact. Um, <clears throat> anyway, you know, I, can, I can go on for hours about that, but... So it sounds like you pretty well opened up that can of worms no matter what. Yeah, I guess I have. <laughs> Shit. Hey, we got to get started on the right foot, don't we? I mean. Prime, prime example. So in Ranger School, there were two women that uh, they fought and fought and fought to get a slot to go into Ranger School. The first one washed out 
uh, within the first few weeks. She was, uh, you know, I quit. She quit. Couldn't do it. Um, the second one, I believe, was uh, the same way. And now, over different different cycles, uh, you know, I, I, they've had women go through and actually quote-unquote graduate ranger school. Um, but that's up for debate if they actually graduated the real school or if they were for lack of better words uh, fell into the gentleman's course of ranger school well you know now that's a topic we're going to be talking about this this whole training thing we're going to be dissecting a lot of that uh, on the law enforcement side too so yeah um, and there is a lot of that that people don't realize or refuse to acknowledge there's there's more of the just the check the block stuff like okay we're done okay you're good we'll put that on your file and, and everything will be good to go you know you, you're you're supposed to be a well-trained individual but the majority of people are not and of course we see the uh, end result of that at times where it's not very positive for anybody involved so yeah, and you know, it's you take you take uh, some of the more high-profile cases that have become um, an anomaly on themselves and grown legs and went in eighteen different directions. Um, you know, one one individual has tarnished the badge for you know hundreds of thousands of people, and. You know, we could debate whether, okay, so he's a bad guy or, you know, was he actually racist or was he, what I like to think of, untrained. Well, here, and that's the thing, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people have to realize uh, it, uh, in many respects, law enforcement is uh, like many other professions, okay? Uh, to You know, I hear this quite a bit. Oh, the, the quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes that you can't see, uh, bad cop. Oh, he's a bad cop. He's a bad cop, or she's a bad cop, and, and, and this is... Well, <clears throat> excuse me, just like with any other profession, you know, we're human. Now, we should be holding ourselves to a much higher bar, and we're going to get into that as well. But uh, being a quote-unquote bad cop can encapsulate a lot of things. Uh, we could be that that person could be a very very good person and just made a mistake, um, and literally an honest mistake. That still happens from time to time, believe it or not, because yeah. we still are fallible. All right, We're, none of us are perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me, and some of us are still knuckle riders. So, uh, but the whole thing is we we have uh, situations that may involve honest mistakes. We also we also have situations that. Uh, can involve nefarious activity. In other words, hey, this officer is maybe not a good police officer because he or she does not want to be a good police officer and is attempting to manipulate a situation uh, to his or her advantage um, that would involve, uh, you know, illicit activity or what have you. That's a bad cop. Okay, but we have people that 
you have to remember uh, we're trained to make life or death decisions in split seconds. And many, many, many times we get that correct. And, and we do make uh, sound decisions. Uh, but there are times where we can make uh, the wrong decision uh, based upon whatever circumstances. And there are a number of, a number of variables afoot uh, that dictate you know, how that plays out. And once again, we have to remember as the armchair quarterbacks or the people that are just watching the news or reading the newspaper, you're only being fed a certain percentage of information on that particular scenario, that situation. Okay, you don't know everything that happens. And you, what you're being fed has been tailored to fit a narrative. Oh, man, you had to go there, didn't you? <clears throat> I did. Man, right off the bat. You just, man, you're opening up all the cans of worms. I mean, I thought we could save a few, you know, for down the pike, but heck, man. Well, we're I, just... I didn't I didn't open it. I just merely set it on the table and said, hey, look at this can well, of worms. Well, you got the can opener in your hand, man. I mean, you're... Well, I, didn't, I didn't crack the seal Just, just yet. slow down twisting that knob for just a second, okay? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but, uh... But so yeah, my whole point to that is yeah, we we do have bad cops. I uh, we might refer to them as dirty police officers or what have you. People that are doing nefarious activities uh, that that besmirch the badge. They besmirch all of us that have sacrificed a great deal to make things right or to to make this society a better society for people. Um, so um, that and I can also add real quickly. Um, uh, those of us in uniform loathe bad cops more so than anybody else on the planet. Um, and I won't get too much further than that right now. Because, once again, those are... Uh, oh, do you want the can so, opener? No, 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 no. no. You, you hang on to it. Uh, you're doing a good job. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to it. But, yeah, uh, so hopefully that gives you uh, a little bit of, of an idea, a little bit of insight uh, as to... Uh, where we're going with this um and um yeah we're we're gonna uh we we also have an opportunity and uh you know out of all those years that we've had to sit through in-service classes and do in-service training and do this because somebody screwed up in another state or on another planet or another uh, freaking continent or whatever and okay, now everybody has to get trained in this, or everybody has to get two hours of training in that, or whatever. We've been tolerating this crap for decades, okay? So this is a great opportunity for us to kind of offer some of our own quote-unquote in-service training, if you will. Well, the, the newest, which has been um, um, made holy by ILEA, is the de-escalation. Oh, we're gonna. We're, I think we could do about two or three episodes on de-escalation. Actually, we could probably do more than that. But see, well, wait, here, wait, wait, wait. My kind of de-escalation or the um, real de-escalation? Oh well, I here's here's what's gonna happen. I think we're gonna delve into your version of de-escalation. <laughs> then I think we're gonna delve into my version of de-escalation, and then I think we're gonna delve into the what quote unquote proper way to de-escalate things. 
but that's a whole thing, man. See that? See, once again, I, and here I go. This is the first episode, and I'm going to start quoting Sun Tzu right off the bat, okay? But my very, very, I mean, every quote from The Art of War is an excellent quote, all right? Um, however, the, my favorite uh, beyond all others is the pinnacle of skill is to win without fighting, okay? So that's another misnomer that a lot of people have. Us cops aren't trying to fight people, okay? Those of us that especially are a little bit older uh, and the, the knuckles are starting to wear down a little bit from dragging for a couple of decades, okay, <clears throat> yeah, we, if we can um, take care of a situation without fighting, without having to, to do any type of physical activity, that would be a wonderful thing, okay? And that is our goal. That's what we want, okay? So, in in real life, we do make many, 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 well, I've benefited from working with some very, very high caliber individuals over the decades. So, um, I worked in, in two different states and, um, you know, from sheriff's offices to, uh, major city police departments to, um, small towns. So, I've, I've worked in different genres of law enforcement, uh, different types of people, uh, a different amalgamation of people, depending upon um, where I was and, and all that. So um, I, I can tell you that the, the politics are the same. Um, <laughs> yeah. Different people, but they're all playing the same polit political games. Uh, some not so good, but, you know, everybody's playing that game. But the whole point is I, I have really been extremely fortunate to be around some high-class people um, with, uh, and I've been able to work with some guys and gals that are just top-notch and, and um, I, um, I'm, I'm a better person for having those experiences I'm a, I'm a better police officer for having those experiences um, but um, yeah, we we have uh, <laughs> that. I should say too that there's a big difference between those officers who have seen real combative scenarios, situations, and those who have not. Uh, and that's another thing I wanted to ask you about the military. You know, um, there there are a lot of guys and gals that. Um, um, have earned their stripes, so to speak, and and I would imagine that there's a number that may not have had to do so much to get by with what they had. But um, it, after it, it didn't take me long. The first few years, I could pretty well figure out um, who's been who's been downrange or who who's been a target before and, and who hasn't. Um, and yes, I've I have had to work with a few individuals that. Uh, uh, they, they wanted to play the part. Uh, they wanted to walk the walk. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, you know, whether it's on the military side of the house or, um, you know, first responder side of the house, all you have to do is just look at somebody and you can tell. And it's the person that, that runs his mouth a lot. And tries to sell you on something. It's probably the one that has not done anything. When he has to say, hey, look how good I am. I did this. I did that. I, 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 I. 
he's probably not the one that <laughs> you know you you don't want to uh, go down range with that guy because he's the one that uh, has probably collected stories over over time from different individuals and compiled them into his own little story and then tries to sell it to you like I'm really good look what I've done and it's like no you're not so yeah uh, you, it's <clears throat> it doesn't matter what side of the house you're, you're on you, you can you can tell and when you see those individuals, you steer clear of them with a wide berth. Yeah, they tend to get other people hurt rather quickly. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they stir up things when things don't need to be stirred. But hey, before we close out our, our initial episode here, I do have to ask you, Frank, about one story that, well... You brought up to me a while ago. Oh, God. It, it's been a while. I mean, we, we're always, excuse me, you know, talking about stories and experiences and all that stuff. But I remember you mentioning something about getting a truck stuck in the sand. <laughs> and I figured, you know, I wanted to maybe give our, oh, our newfound audience God. just... A little bit of background on just how talented uh, some of us really are. Oh, well, I mean, th that. Now, I understand that you, you were not in, you weren't in this country or, or on this continent when it happened. So, you know, once again, I, I, maybe it was your evil twin, maybe a guy that looked like you, you know. You know, you guys all wear the same uniform in the Army, right? You know, you look the same because you're all tan, you all, you know. So. Well, okay, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> all right, so this was in Dahara. Um, I was I was actually trying to be helpful. Yes. Um, yes. This helpful, that's it. Truck. Um, was a uh, eight-wheel Hemet that was full of fuel. Now, let, b before we go further, the Hemet is designed specifically for this yeah. this duty, to be in, how should I say, very, very harsh environments, right? Correct. Okay. Um, it's an eight-wheel drive uh, behemoth. Well... <clears throat> It just happened to be on a Patriot site, you know, Patriot missiles. Um, and this particular individual who was driving was coming around to refuel the fuel tanks at each Patriot site. Um, and on the back side where he had to go, the sand was rather... Um, I would like to compare it to baby powder. Mm. And it was a very tight, confined area. <clears throat> and we were there to be the security for the Patriot unit. And we used to take a Humvee and drive around. So, you know, we kind of knew where to go, where not to go. And I offered to be nice and helpful that I would drive said Hemet. 
around the backside. You're a team member. I mean, that's right. Hmm. Now, when you stand next to this, uh, when it's on, say, a hardball, like you know, asphalt, the floorboard is right about shoulder height on a guy that's say five ten. Um. <clears throat> Long story short, when um, when I stepped out of the door, uh, I didn't step down. I actually stepped straight across onto the um, level of the sand. Hmm. So it it it, it kind of it kind of sunk. Just just an inch or two. And yeah. it took several recovery vehicles to pull that out. Meanwhile, I'm up at the shack at the gate, and I'm looking out the window, watching and kind of giggling. And <laughs> yeah. So how how did you end up driving said vehicle? I mean, there's another part of that story, isn't there? I mean, you just didn't hop into an empty vehicle and decided to drive it into a hole in the sand. I I I was trying to be nice, and I said, "Hey, you know, let me let me help you out." Yeah, because. Because this young man that was assigned to that vehicle <laughs> to drive it, to operate it, was what, out of basic training for what, six hours? I think it was more like five minutes. Five minutes? Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, he was responsible for that vehicle. Uh, I mean, you know, you... You could lose a stripe for... Uh... Uh, you could lose like uh, a pound of flesh. Wow, wow, okay. Um, and I, you know, I... I may or may not have used some charisma and, uh, you know, I told him that I would take care of him. And, you know. Maybe you, you, you were able to convince this gentleman that uh, you were a fine pillar of society, a highly experienced military operator, and that you would be able to save the day and place his vehicle where it needed to be successfully. Right. That, that's okay, basically so what there, you were able there's to convince that them. version, and then I'll give you the other version, and we'll let the audience decide. Oh. I just wanted to beat the hell out of that that thing and, and see what I could make it do. Oh, I see. Because you didn't have to pay for it. That's right. And you didn't have to pay for the fuel. You didn't have to ship it over there or anything. That's right. So and you I, just wanted to take it upon yourself to have a little joy ride. If it got broke, yeah. I didn't have to pay to get it fixed, and I didn't have to fix it. And you didn't have to pay for the half a dozen other vehicles that had to show up to pull it out. Exactly. Ah. Uh, see. see. So, yes, I, I, I may have uh, just dogged the... Just, dog the hell out of it and uh you know i was having fun so ladies and gentlemen this is the true character of people that enter law enforcement i hope you feel safe at night well <laughs> <laughs> oh, now hang on a second well, it didn't happen within the continental united states so it doesn't count exactly plausible deniability that's right because They're, actually you did do a good job right i mean I, nobody knew who actually was responsible for placing that vehicle where it was until when? What, a week or so later or something like that? Hey, I'm telling you, you get in, you do what you got to do, you have your fun, you get out. But you did, you did follow up that story with another little tidbit. Later, you know, years later. I don't remember. When you're in D.C. I don't remember. And you had a new CO come in. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about the regimental commander. By the way, um, 
Are there any hemmets in the parking lot that uh, <laughs> that you might get your hands on, uh, Sergeant? Sir? Well, I tell you, as, as big as the military is, it's extremely small. Just okay, like so, law enforcement. But, as big but as it I, is, I get that to a point, small. but the whole thing is, you you were able, in your infinite wisdom and, and ability, to catapult yourself... <laughs> to a height in Dahrain that years later, yeah. a CO in DC would remember your exploits in Dahrain. Well, I mean, yeah. the army is still full of what? I, several hundred thousand members. I was always that guy that, you know, if you needed something and you couldn't find it, they always came to me and I always was able to find something. Acquire things. Well, it fell off the back of a truck. Let's just put it that way. Uh, So yeah, I was I was that guy. I was always able to you know fill in the dead spots here and there. And um, you know, as people move up the ladder, they never quite forget you know things like that. Now, how much do one of those helmets weigh? God, like, I don't like, even remember. It's like 24,000 pounds or yeah. something like that, unloaded, if like, not more. So, between twenty-five and 30,000 pound vehicle stuck to its freaking armpits in the <laughs> sand. And then there's me jumping out of the cab, laughing and giggling. And, and you're, you, you just allowed that <laughs> lowly little private to absorb all the heat after well, because now, now, what? How, how did that work again? It, it was it, look. It, it, here's the thing. You're looking at it from the wrong facet. You need to spin the spin it around. And look at it through this facet. I didn't allow him to take all of the heat. It was a life lesson. Ah, I see. Okay, I taught him what not to do in the future. I taught him how to handle uh, that situation if it was to arise again. He could have said, quote unquote, fuck no, you're not driving my truck. Because the last time I got my ass handed to me because somebody buried it. I see. So, so you're I, actually. I was just, I, I was actually you, you molding him. Molding the lad. Future. I see. So. And, and how many years ago was that, roughly? Oh, God. It was in the 90s. Okay, so if we were to take your version and just project that out a couple of decades, this guy's probably a general, right? <laughs> or... Because of that. <laughs> or he's he's mentally off and living behind a dumpster because of that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, right there. You know, the, the, the truth... Just starts to ooze out already. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up for now. See, you have to understand, everything that was done, is done, and will be done has um, a reason behind it. Funny that you should mention that on the first voyage, if you will, of our... uh, podcast because that is one of the main points uh, that we will continue to, to come back around 
and uh, address because once again in life that's that's how things seem to work out just as history replays repeats itself and yada da 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 so um but yes this this is a good example uh maybe uh sometimes uh, uh, what not to do in a situation, or perhaps you know maybe um, take a moment or two to you know let things sink in in your mind before you make any rash decisions. Well, <coughs> as an example, I don't drive a Hemet, but I do drive a truck, and I have learned from that situation that I'm not going to let anybody else drive my truck. Well, that and so far you haven't. Well, of course, I mean, there's a slight disparity in weight, but still, you you have yet to, to get your 6,000-pound truck stuck. Um, uh, well, maybe because you were used to getting 25,000-pound truck stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the driver should have learned or should have known you don't give the keys to a vehicle to a straight leg infantry. That's true, but now now what 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 rank did you hold at that time? At that time I believe I think I was a I think I was a corporal promotable to E five. Okay. And then shortly thereafter it changed. Just curious. I mean, as a corporal, you have some fiduciary responsibility to your, your, but I, I your was, younger you know, just, that's just like you know, uh, in in the in the arena that I'm in now. I don't wear rank. I didn't wear rank back then. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it, you know, g- giving well, give him the benefit benefit I mean, of the doubt. He did not know. Oh, hey, ignorance. Oh, wait, I can't say that, can I? Well, maybe in the military regime we can say that. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. No, ignorance is bliss. (laughs) Well, it is. I'm a happy camper. I mean, that's what makes us knuckle-draggers happy campers. I mean, really. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. But, uh, okay. Well, on that happy note, I think we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up and then... We'll come up with another specific topic for our next episode. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get another one together and uh, we'll put it out. And Great. We'll go from there. Well, Frank, I think it, it, I, we've had fun so far. I think. We'll, yeah. I, I think it's worth uh, keeping this going. Maybe we could actually garner two or three followers out of this. I would be happy with one. Maybe two and a half? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Do yeah. our pets count? Well, I was going to say, I got two dogs, so, yeah, I mean, that's saying. two. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we're we're in, we're, we're in multiples already. Hell yeah. Okay, good deal. Yeah. All right. All right, Frank, I guess we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. We will. Until next time.